What up, Barrel Project? Hey, it's episode 56. Chris Garcia, AZ Cup, you set number one champion. Matt Yaka joins in. Maddie did some some stellar live feed work from the first you sat. Shout out to you, dude. Thank you so much. But for everybody else, you know the routine. Um, I don't babble on about sponsors in the beginning of the episodes anymore. Um, but to get right to the show and to get to the to to the nuts and bolts of the Barrel Project, you have a fee to pay, and your fee is to share the show. That's all I ask you to do is share the show share it on facebook on instagram on whatever i don't care where you know you can listen to it on spotify and apple podcast you can watch it on youtube you can watch it on spotify actually um but that's all that's all i ask share the show share the barebow project share barebow um yeah it's i'm a broken record with it but it's the best way for us to um really continue to try to get others into the sport get help others who are within barebow to get them information where do you go to arizona cup what do you have to expect hey you know what there was a show it did about arizona cup here you go here's the link share the show all right thanks everyone once again good luck in your endeavors good luck shooting we just weather the change so we get out there and shoot some 50 meter um got the crazy bipolar pennsylvania weather going on but for the rest of you out there good luck and we'll uh we'll see you on the shooting line I think then um, anybody I can put a name to to promote our sport. The archer who owns all the world records, John Demmer III. You know, the more difficult a thing is, the more important the mental game becomes. I, I didn't eat any supper yet either. How about you guys? Either. You guys eat yet? I didn't eat. Oh, that. you know, uh, I, I have some crunch berries. Oh, yeah. Grayson Parlow. It's like me taking three or four years off your eyes just because I weakened that prescription in the shooting eye. And don't put everything into my shot that I should, that I get a lot of drop on those heavy arrows and stop me all the way down. He said, well, you might want to think about going to a lighter arrow in the spring water. And that's what got that started. So. Got to mute that bad boy. I can move my live feed over to my other screen. So I can watch for questions from the masses. <laughs> yep. We don't usually get many questions. We get some questions. I don't know. Denver's not here. So we'll actually get questions because we won't have as many shenanigans going on. Chris Garcia, welcome to the Barebow Project. This is your uh, your first your first appearance, my guy. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, the the champ. This is the this is the the AZ, the Arizona Cup, Arizona Archery Enterprises title sponsor for for Arizona Cup. Chris Garcia is the champion of the first USAT golf clap for you, sir. Um, you. So we'll let this uh, we'll let this good old boy. Uh, <clears throat> too funny. Oh, let's see, Demers messaging me already. Maybe he'll log in. I don't know. Yeah, John, it didn't didn't pan out, buddy. And you're just gonna have to deal. You can log in when you're ready if you want to. Um, want to get it out of the way because you know I'm gonna reach out to the ladies. I want to do a separate episode for them. Um, talk about their experience and stuff like that. But man, this is it's kind of it's kind of a um, what's the word? Kind of like a, it's nice seeing the development of USAT after all of the, you know, putting a poll out there. And it's, it's nice that USA Archery, like actually they, they listened to the masses, you know, some people <laughs> weren't necessarily in agreement with like the way things broke down, but fact of the matter is it worked out, you know, and um, it looked like it was a fun event. You guys, you know, Talk about your experience there. Like what, what, what did, what stood out to you? Oh gosh. I've been to that event a few times shooting, you know, both styles of basically every style. Yeah. And I don't know, the feeling's the same. I, I don't know when I was over on that, I've never shot on that other side field. Um, 
um, but yeah, I mean, just people were great. Everything, everything ran smoothly. So yeah, the winds weren't too bad this year. Nah, it's fairly calm. I've been there when it's pretty gusty, but yeah, on that side field is kind of more from behind us moving forward. So it wasn't a crosswind that we had to deal with too much. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, I know. I think it was that tournament in years past where there was. There's a tournament where people were aiming like two bales over or something. Wasn't that Arizona Cup? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing. Yeah, that. usually in the afternoon, the, the way it works, at least on the Olympic recurve side, I felt a little, I don't know about you, Chris, having shot on the other field, I did feel a little detached from everybody because I have, I still have a lot of friends that shoot Olympic recurve and I you know, like to sp- spend time talking to them and hanging out with them. And it was just the barebow side. And I think we had Masters Olympic recurve on our side as well. It's kind of like we're detached, like you're in a different area, different yeah. field. We didn't get the whole shoot off thing. Like no one paid attention to us, um, <clears throat> but it was still good to be there and have that, you know, for us, you know, to say that Barbo was at a USAC. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, and as far as the winds go, yeah, it was pretty, cal- the winds were calm, but usually after 12 or somewhere around there, the winds usually pick up big time. And I've, I've seen, just like you're saying, Frank, I've seen winds out there that are, I feel bad for the people that are shooting after 12 o'clock. Cause it's like, Holy smokes. Like you know, one time, Chris, I don't know if you remember the big tent blew up in the air, got yeah. caught in that. It got caught in like a little mini dust devil, uh, dust devil and just took yeah. off. I mean, thing went 30 blew feet across in the, air. the field. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not something, um, that's not something we see too much. I mean, at nationals, we've had a couple of instances where it was like gust. I know a few years ago it was pretty bad, but yeah, that's, you guys have a rare, um, it's not like one of these rare situations where you guys shot that tournament as an Olympic recurve shooter. And then, you know, come in a year later, shoot it as a bare bow shooter and, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a different, uh, it's a, it probably has a different effect in some ways, you know, just a different game in general, but shooting 70 meters too, man, that wind, that wind really has a, has an effect on it without a doubt. So, but uh, anyway, Matt, I wanted to, uh, I'm glad that you were able to kind of show up and, and talk about those live feeds, man. I, I appreciate you, you know, doing a live feed i know we were messaging and you're like mm-hmm. like how do i get this you know trying to do it like under the the page but it's it's all good it worked out yeah um yeah. it was definitely cool to see that oh what is this oh no <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting messages <laughs> um but i wanted to just say I appreciate you going through that trouble because it's not always the easiest thing as I've mentioned it before, trying to coordinate this stuff and even just doing the podcast is, is difficult. Um, and trying to go. And then if you're shooting, try to do live feeds and stuff. So, you know, for the good of Barebo, I appreciate that you were able to go out of your way to do that. Happy to do it. No, yeah. especially it was easy on practice day because there was practice day. It's, it's pretty, it's very relaxed and you know, the line judges don't care that we're doing it, but um, Jim Flores, who was the top guy there, he was like, if you're going to record today, just stay behind the lines and everything. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I, I probably said, I told him I was going to be more working on my shooting than recording. Um, and it was just lucky for me that I got to shoot to the very end else. I would have been recording uh, the last match with Chris from that, from the start, but I was shooting at the same exact time. We just got done before he did um he and rick did and i i would have gotten more but i was still shooting at the time yeah but no problem happy to do it well i appreciate that and um you know you put yourself out there when you're putting live feeds up and stuff like that as we all know um but anyways i also want to give a shout to um let me think christy wapniarski i think i said that correctly (laughs) She had messaged me and asked um, about just sharing some information about, I I misspoke at the previous, um, one of the previous episodes where we talked about it being sold out. 
So the the situation is that it wasn't sold out and that the event still had, let's see, she told me that Arizona Cup has a total capacity of 820 shooters. Uh, what do you guys say the total was? 685? Yeah, I think that's what I've seen somebody post somewhere. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I think it was like 685. Yeah, and then I guess I also, I heard in another podcast um, that I was listening to that Arizona Cup was sold out. And I guess that's not the case. What they actually end up doing is they will, my dog is, 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 is hello, hello dog. Um, you try to sneak in? Always, always. Um, <laughs> I guess the, what they do is they hit a certain capacity for Olympic recurve and compound, I'm assuming, but whatever, they kind of, they don't shut down registration. They just close open registration, I guess, so they can jockey, you know, lines around and stuff like that. Um, so it's all good, but, and then they did not have a wait list. Their wait list was like maybe 30 deep or something. So it wasn't quite, you know, we still had 67 bare bow total. Right. And right. yeah. So I just wanted, I just want to give a shout out to her for the hospitality and entertaining bare bow. Um, and, you know, just giving Verbo a, a crack. I know there, there's some people who still push back on it a little bit and, you know, she's been really open about it and inviting about it. So I just wanted to give her some, um, you know, you know, some support there and, and, and reciprocate the appreciation, you know? Um, but let me see, I'm going to pull this up real quick. I'm going to quick run through the, Oh, that's not the screen. Hold on a second let me see here pull up this there yeah i had uh every intentions of shooting that tournament whether they put bare bow in it or not oh yeah um, i was gonna go and shoot 70 meters bare bow you know whatever um but yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they i'm glad they opened it up and yeah we shot 50 meters that's 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 pretty cool I'm along those same lines, Chris. I would have done the same thing, but I probably would have just put my sight and my stabilizers on and just shot Olympic recurve. It's close uh, enough for me. In that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shoot 70 meter barebow. I would never hit the target. Um, but it's close enough for me, and it's it's good to get that first tournament in. I honestly, I've shot twice once since the weather here in Colorado has been awful. Like it's, our winds are ridiculous. We've had just terrible wind like in the 80 mile an hour range so i've been laying low i've been doing draw holds in the basement and shooting in the yard a little bit but oh really it's been terrible here yeah it's been terrible oh man that sucks yeah, yeah. it's cold in pennsylvania right now we had snow earlier today yeah i keep trying to share between ends and it's not letting me pull up the screen i don't know why so i'm just gonna put it up on a second screen here and just run through some of the um um some of the the final placements quick before we just have a quick discussion about Chris's experience coming out at the end of the, the finals. Um, so let's see here. We got Barbo master women, top three. Um, this is qualifications. I'm going to pull up the finals real quick. I had the final, the, the qualification scores pulled up as well. Let's see. There we go. Elimination. <clears throat> Perfect. Finals rounds. All right. Good stuff. All right. Barebow Masters women. We got top number one, Melissa McAvoy. McAvoy. She's awesome. Yeah. A second, Barbara Carroll. And third, Charlene Scheffler. For Barebow Masters men, we got number one, Daniel Weiss. We all know that name. Uh, ben Rogers. And then Bob Carroll. Looks like he's from Arizona. So that's good. Got some Arizona barebow shooters showing up. Barebow cadet female, Aaron Hiab, first, Corinne Turner, third, Sonia Colator. Colator? Coltier? <laughs> Not sure, Sonia. Apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. Um, barebow men, we got Bryce Hinnack from Arizona, Andrew Van Wy, no, Andrew, and Luca Pierpan Tetro. I'm probably saying that wrong too, um, but they were on the top three cadet men. Got 
Barebow U21. Um, looks like there was only two in that category for juniors. Um, Anastasia uh, Godman. I know her. She shoots Joe Ad and the other stuff. And a Sharin Jamali. Jamali, yeah. Um, they were one and two. Looks like they just finished. They didn't, probably didn't have a final round. There's only the two of them. Um, then we have Barebell Senior Women. Christina Lyons, Melody Richards, and then Amy Cooley. We know those names. Um, and then you gentlemen rounded out one and three um, with Rick Stonebreaker stealing a spot in the senior men's. Uh, Chris, you took the number one spot. Rick took number two and Matt Yaka number three. Marcus Cooley followed up with a, with a close number four there. So Chris, talk about, you know, your your experience there my guy what um what was it like getting into those finals is this your first final shooting barebow in a U a FIDA tournament uh no i shot it's a beach cup last year um that was the first kind of 50 meter round that i tried and i uh, shot in a finals match there and ended in a shoot off there too actually so yeah it was the rounds pretty normal for me i, I kind of understand how that all works and the kind of dynamics of it so yeah but yeah it was it was great it was fun do you, do you feel like is it from like from a difficulty standpoint shooting the olympic recurve shooting head-to-heads shooting just the competition in general and then to barebow and i mean you've shot well in other events you shot um was it the roundup and if the, you shot the roundup because i know john was like this dude's good watch out you're gonna see this name it's gonna come up yeah. again he's paid you mad respect so your name has been on our radar i don't know how many other people you know pay attention to all of the tournaments and all of the finishes but mm. you know do you think that it's harder in general shooting those matches as a barebow shooter versus shooting against Olympic recurve shooters, shooting Olympic recurve? Um, I wouldn't say, well, harder in the sense mentally because the barebow process is very mental versus yeah. Olympic recurve. You step up there and you kind of start a motion. And when that clicker goes, you know, the shot's gone. You're like, okay, right. cool. Um, you know, you have to make, a decision to let that string go at some point and right. that's kind of where it where it, you know it, you can fumble pretty hard on that um so yeah in that aspect it's pretty difficult i i feel like all the elimination matches that i have done have kind of worked me through um <clears throat> the whole shoot offs and all that part mentally so that's kind of getting easier for me um yeah i don't know between the two it feels about the same you still step yeah. up there nervous and you know pretty anxious to get it over with and yeah 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 anxious to get it over with <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. i know i know matt was so anxious to get it over with at nationals last year he didn't even realize he was going in the gold medal match <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right it's like one way or another this has got to be done right now it's like what it's over i got third no no <laughs> no um so you guys i guess i know do you think that there's a level of callous matt uh, that's happening you get into these situations more and more and more what was your comfort level matt versus your first time in eliminations or head-to-heads versus like Arizona cup, for example, because you still had to face Chris, you had to take, you know, Rick Stonebreaker, Marcus Cooley, and just to throw out some scores from the men's side, Chris, you shot a stellar 634 qualification score, Marcus Cooley, 611, great score, Rick Stonebreaker, 608, Matt, 608. So you have four scores right there, all above 600. And that's, that's a good place to be. That's a real good place to be even at nationals. So Matt, are you like, you feel like there's some callus built with this experience, the traveling, the practice day, all of it. Little, little by little, it's definitely happening where I'm getting a little more tournament callus for sure. Um, 
I, my practice days, I'm, uh, so the practice day I go out and I'm very comfortable. I'm having a good time with everybody. Well, as Chris will attest to you, just sitting there, just BSing with each other. Just, you know, same with Rick was on my target. We're just having a good time. And then going into the next day, I try to maintain that comfort level where I'm just, you know, so I, I can qualify well. And I knew I was, I think tied for fourth, right. I, with Rick on that yeah. going into going into elimination rounds and then with the elimination rounds i i don't take those for granted i don't care who you're playing against and that guy carl cordero at nationals is a a, a perfect example of that my first whatever that was a 132nd i think or 64th i can't remember um yeah. but i damn near I, I almost lost that i won that tournament i won that set match by millimeters and you know, I got, I was fortunate enough to go to the end where in this particular one, I started to definitely feel more comfortable as we went on. I had to fight against Nolan, who is no joke. Like that guy is a, Nolan's a good shooter. And when I got past Nolan, I was a little more relaxed and going against Marcus. I was, I don't know. I was just more comfortable by that, by that time after I'd finished with Nolan um, I got to Marcus and I was just a little, a little more comfortable with Marcus once that mm-hmm. was over with, but Chris, Let's... of course, you know, he's scary to shoot against. <laughs> yeah. When no, you're posting six thirty fours, yeah, that's huge. You're posting six thirty fours, you know, you shot a 29 on one of your finals <clears throat> matches in your gold medal match. I mean, that's, that's, that's legit stuff, man. It is what it Maddie is. Maddie right there. What's that? <laughs> that was against Maddie too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, and it can happen. I know, you know, we talk about head to heads and how they are, you know, you never know what's exactly going to happen. You know, it's not, it's not like it's, um, it's not something that you can, you can't just pick and choose, but when you have that set system, it helps you have a little bit more of a comfort level. Like you can, you can make up for a bad end, you know, yeah here it is so that's that's a comforting thing there we go get rid of that get rid of that screen um sorry i was i was switching back and forth here so matt i'm glad you said you know how you're you're starting to see that comfortable comfort level and we i guess we talk about that to other barebow shooters get out and shoot as much as you can um, yeah. I bet you from last year, that's probably one of my biggest regrets with uh, outdoor target. I didn't shoot any 50 meter games at all. I only shot nationals last year. And I don't know. I think at any level, it doesn't matter where you're at in the process. The more you shoot, the better off it's going to be in the tournament level. No matter how long you've been doing it, you know, like right. even, even Rick, like we know <laughs> what Rick is capable of at a 50 meter game, he shoots more 50 meters probably than he does anything. He shot a 608. That's not his best showing, but we also know Rick's capable of 640. So, and as the season goes and as Rick dives into it more, we'll see those scores rise by the time target nationals rolls around, you know, um, would you, you know, would you say that that was one of your intentions on getting this, you sat in and getting it out of the way? Well, for me, it was definitely practice. So last year I'm, I'm with you. I I did the roundup with Chris and we didn't, we did shoot 50 meter, but I forgot that went 60, 50, 40. That was the only thing we did and field was in yards and then too. in yards. That's right. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then field. And we did that, uh, the class, I think they called it their classic or something like that, or that indoor shoot. Okay. So yeah, Dakota just classic. like Dakota classic. And so Frank, just like you, the only 50 meter thing I'd done last year was nationals. That was my very first outdoor experience in barebow without you know without door this was my second was um arizona cup so i did it because i was like oh i gotta get i want to i want to support the whole thing anyway right i want to be a face and show up to the tournaments and i think if you compete at all in barebo get out there and be there for us like we need the support and if they see it and they see people are showing up they'll keep us there and maybe we'll get some winnings too maybe we'll get some you know, maybe we'll get a check, <laughs> you know, right. um, it's right. tough because it's all money out, right. It's all, it's money out of pocket, the whole thing. And, you know, so I know it's tough, but um, if you can get out there and get that tournament callus, like Frank's talking about, like, you know, it does help. It definitely helps. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, I think the nerves completely go away. You just learn to manage better is really what it what it is. You learn to manage it in that environment, you mean. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the more you have exactly. to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's something that people take for granted. They shoot practice scores and they think, you know, even like I, I shoot, I'm definitely shooting better practice scores than I have. But duplicating that in in a tournament is just it's not always not everyone carries those scores over very few actually um you know Demer and Grayson are probably two of the few that actually carry over and even some of the practice scores that those guys shoot is still higher than what they shoot in a real competition but you know I know for me you know I I don't I know I do not it's rare that I that I do um when I shot Olympic recurve I definitely was a closer gap to Olympic scores or um tournament scores and practice scores definitely a much closer gap but barebow there's just so many more variables you know and and fighting you know keeping the nerves in check keeping the the process in check so that the holds are good the follow-through is good and that you keep your mind in that right spot is definitely um definitely one of the more challenging aspects of the game sure you know Hewish commented um, that he's uh, he's been busy practicing without sights. <laughs> no, don't no. <laughs> just no. Like, get one of those gifts right now and post it. Where just, no. no, you stay you stay over there with the, yeah, yeah. the sights. You, you go you you stay over there. You go. Justin's got goals. I know we won't see him on our range for a while. Yeah. yeah. Although he's him good. and his long hair would fit right in over in Barebow, but <laughs> he's got to let it go gray, though. That's the thing. <laughs> let it go gray. Let it go gray. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How how long have you known Justin? Did you you guys, Chris? Have you shot with Justin then too? You knew, you know Hewish? Uh, no. Um, I actually just met him in person just at Arizona. Oh, okay. I went and had lunch with him one time. So yeah, Matt. How did you yeah. meet Justin? <laughs> I was at, I think it was Buckeye or the first nationals I went to in 20, would it would have been 2018, I believe. And oh, really? whatever his first comeback event was, if he could probably chime in, um, I don't remember. It was his first event coming back. And um, of course, I'd been following him and his career for a while and I knew who he was. And um, he was just a target away from me. And but we were standing in the same area by the tent and I saw him, he was just kind of leaning on the tent, not talking to anybody, leaning on one of the posts. And I just, I introduced myself. I said, Hey, Justin, my name's Matt. And I said, I'm just a fan of yours from yesteryear. We're about the same age. And he's like, it's about freaking time. Someone recognized me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it sounds like you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I remember just, seeing him at a state outdoor in Long Beach. And I'm like, the guy looks familiar. I don't know who he is, but he looks familiar. And uh, yeah, somebody had to tell me like who that was. Yeah, we hit it off pretty quick and he introduced me to Mark Hainline and Mark and I talk quite often. Um, he and Mark, Mark at least responds to me when I send him a message, unlike Justin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, we all stay in touch and they're great guys. We're all about the same age. So we just, we hit it off really well. Yeah, he, he's... Uh we've talked about numerous times and it's usually when we're in person about doing a podcast, but trying to, to nail that dude down to get him to sit down. And uh, it just, it's, I can text him and I'll like, yeah, it's, you know, we get, we'll, we'll text back and forth for a long period. And then it's silence. And I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. and then I'll be like, Hey, you want to do that podcast? Silence. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. It's all good. Justin, we're just busting on you. We, it, it's uh but yeah we had that conversation though about the history of the sport a little bit and like people i think it was one of his he he was it was right like i think when he started thinking about getting back into archery or competing and he just like went to a local state tournament to check it out or and he was like walking around and he's like these people don't even know like nobody has an idea and i have to admit now archie um i think i think that USA Archery is doing a better job now of 
promoting and talking about and putting that information out there since Justin, I don't like, I'm not going to say it's because of Justin, but Justin has been vocal about it. And I think you're starting to see some of that people are like, you know, this, this person talking to this person, you know, I've done podcasts with Jay bars with, I've talked to Justin about Justin enough. People know who he is. You know, I love to have someone like Butch Johnson and have some of these people mm-hmm. like maybe on the other podcast or, or even on here, just because like Butch Johnson is kind of like, gosh, he's like the goat of Olympic. Oh, yeah. Like that guy mm-hmm. has just been, around for so long he was just a highlight of a post uh i shared it actually it was a, a uh a, i think it was was it ae that shared the post i, I saw guys gaius shared the post but i don't know if it was usa arch it was world archery there's one it's a post on on world archery like he's at full draw here and one picture you see him at full draw it's raining and then the next picture he's still in the exact same position i don't i think the string is gone but you see the the spray from the that's cool water and the arrow and the arrows in front of the bow like it's an it's a cool, cool picture oh yeah <laughs> that's on world archery's facebook page go check that out but you know see somebody like butch johnson who's still in the game and still extremely relevant at at the game lancaster archery top eight multiple times you know so when it comes to having those people and, and, and Rod White, who's a good friend of mine from back in the day, he's a PA boy. Um, you know, like these guys that just did amazing things for there's more archery out there. People go look at your history. It's, it's just, it's very interesting. At least it is to me. I don't know if it is to everybody else, but, um, and I'll tell you, Matt, you had Justin in your corner, not to rehash it, but back at the U S open, it's got to feel good knowing somebody like that is, is there to support you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was legit happy for me. You know, like he, I mean, like I said, we moved, I moved out of Olympic recurve and into Barbo that year. And, you know, not to say, I, I I don't know if anyone wanted me to go or not. I, I wanted to go and try something a little different and, but it was cool to still maintain the relationships with the people I have over in the Olympic recurve side. So when it came down to nationals and of course we're all mingling and hanging out. And I said to Justin, he was like, he's like, we're getting food. Do you want to eat? I'm like, Hey, I need someone in my corner. I want to come down. And so he was my coach in my coach's box and it's just great to have him there. It's so cool. Just a cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of coaches, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I don't want to get sidetracked here talking about Olympic recurve, (laughs) although all three of us have shot it um, in the past. Um, Chris, do you have a coach? Do you have somebody that you work with bearable wise or like, where have you learned your process or developed or is it just on your own? Hey, you know, I had, yeah, that really much all the way from compound through, I had a little bit in Olympic recurve. Um, a friend of mine used to go to Korea and, um, work with the Olympic coaches there. I think she still does. And her mom uh, learned a lot while she was there. So she kind of gave me a little bit of pointers Olympic recurve wise coming back. Um, but other than that, it's just, you know, watching videos, you know, just kind of soak up whatever information I can and go out, test it, see if it works for me. If it doesn't throw it away, if it does, we'll keep it or tweak it a little, you know, it just been, you know, the whole process is just, it, I, I like the process of learning something new like that. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty fun just learning. Yeah. H- have you made any changes along the way? I mean, let, let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's unravel that, um, that little piece on like your process. Like, what is it that you're doing? Because like, l- listen, 634 is a stout score for, especially for somebody who's still in their first year of Airbow. Um, So have you made changes? Like, for example, since the roundup, have you made any changes? Are there things that you're seeing that work really well? Like, what is it that you're doing that works so well? Yeah, it was um, learning a little bit of tuning uh, was a lot of it. Um, Tiller and adjusting that and getting it right for my fingers. And then um I had a lot of trouble with head position so when I first started I would I mean all the way through even through this last indoor season I was holding a little off left 
just because my I could not get my head position where I needed it to be to hold point on is really what it ended up being. Um, so I always used to kind of draw up, come into anchor, and then transfer into my back and then start the expansion. And now the the transfer is happening just before I hit anchor. And for some reason that's allowing my head position to be a little more free and get kind of more behind the string and um, get everything lined up better. Um, that was one thing I changed. Um, equipment, I used to shoot uh, AAE free flight and then I switched to a sniper and I was getting some weird inconsistency or rogue arrows that I just couldn't understand why they went there. So I said, you know what, I'm just gonna go back to the AAE and I switched back to that and uh, that all went away. So I don't know if it was something that I didn't know to tune with that sniper rest or what, yeah. but it had to be somewhere in there. So I just got rid of it, went back to what I knew. Well, uh, I, there's, not, there's definitely people that do well with the sniper. I, I know John has shot it many times. I'm a fan of the AAE just because it's just kind of like fail safe. I don't have, and I still use that drop away mode, but I also, you know, there's certain nuances with it that we noticed even from indoor season, like setups, as you get the, the further you dive into archery, specifically barebow, I should say, you start to learn like those nuances of like I shot big ZT. It went, worked real well for me. I kept having those screws back out. The screws were back out. I had wire issues. And then I was like, oh, you know, and then you, just, you, you start, you know, biter is like a fail safe plunger always will be, you know, um you know the whiffler plunger it's a good it's a good option for sure um you know multiple people use them they work like i know um grayson uses the gabriel by drop you know that's a i think that's comes from the uk it's not like an american-made product germany i believe germany yeah so you know and that's like and he swears by that rest and it's super simple you know so i think everybody has their they find their own niche and what works for them and once it works it's kind of hard to get rid of it you know right i have to admit though you know i myself can be a little stubborn when it comes to that stuff because i'm like oh this worked for me once it should work and you don't realize like sometimes you maybe you change your form and 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 it has an effect on for example a sniper had the exact same problem you had and tried to get it to work couldn't get it to work with big arrow, got it to work decent with like a skinny arrow, 0.166 smaller. Um, but I was just like, you know, and then those inconsistencies could have been me. And that's like a placebo type deal. Like I'm like, you know, maybe it's me, but I didn't have the confidence in it. So I took it off. Yeah. It was like what one in 20 arrows. I'd get one Yeah, where the shot didn't feel quite right, but I'm like, oh, that should be high right. And I look down there and it's like almost bottom of the target. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That wasn't right. So it just, yeah, I feel like when I shoot an arrow, even if it's bad, I should have an idea of where that's going to be. And I wasn't getting that out of that sniper. Whereas the AAE, I can pretty much, whether it was a good <laughs> shot or a bad shot, I can pretty much say where that arrow is going, you know, before it hits. So, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of it for me. <laughs> it was a fun, fun project, and to learn how that thing worked, and um, yeah, you know, go go back to something that's solid, and I've never had any issues with. So yeah, yeah, good for you, man. Do you, you uh? So your what's your current setup right now? Get, run run through the whole the whole get, gamut, everything you're shooting. I'm shooting in Exceed uh, 25 with uh, long limbs, uh, 46 pound long limbs. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And uh, yeah, pretty much as much weight as I could possibly stick on that thing that still fit through the ring. I, I think the overall bow weight was a little over eight and a half pounds. Um, yeah, and I'm shooting a biter plunger and uh, AE free flight. And I actually got the uh, drop away mode from you, from your video. I oh, like, I'm going to give that a you're, shot. You're currently using that? Yeah, yeah, oh, I like cool. it. It's cool. working great. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's 
so simple. Let's just try it. And yeah, I really like the way it works. It's, it's as long as you it. don't mind dealing with moving the wires to put the arrow on the rest, it seems to work just fine. I don't, but well, you know, you have to reset the sniper. So I was already used to a motion to yeah, reset. Yeah, good point. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Uh, what weights are you using? Are they homemade or are they? Um, no, I have a Yoast, a 16 ounce Yoast on it. And then I'm using the Hoyt uh, Pro Weights that actually go in the riser. Yep. And then I have basically all the weights in the bottom limb pocket, as well as some doinker dampeners that have an ounce on the end of them that are on the top and bottom of it. That is a lot of weight. That is a lot of weight. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like he's got the post and the pro weight and the pocket weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a lot of weight. Even when I shot Olympic, I I loaded that thing down. My compound, same thing, just loaded it down. It, was, uh, it just gave me the sight picture that I liked. You know, smoothed it all out and have the strength <clears> to hold it. Less so, movement. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah long i a 25 inch riser and long limbs surprised me a little bit i have to admit i the 25 inch uh exceed riser was a little bit a little bit of a struggle but you know john dillinger made that riser work real real well so you can't say i mean it, it works i think it's just six or one half dozen the other everybody's got their own preference you know um mm -hmm. but that's no that's cool uh, what limbs I'm, I'm sorry i know you said 46 pounds you're using balos you they're using uh, balos yeah i'm using balos limbs yeah and what tab I'm using uh, 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 Fairweather. Okay. Uh, yeah, Fairweather Bearwood tab. Shout out to Simon Fairweather. Yeah, love He's that thing. Dude. I love their their tabs that I shot for Olympic recurve. So I was like, it was no brainer. I like the leather and the way it feels on my fingers. So yeah. Is it what? Uh, is it like a, a? Do you have like double leather? Do you have kangaroo leather? Do you what? What do you neoprene? What yeah, do you I do? have the. I have the three. Uh, I put all three of the kangaroo leather in it. And yeah, that's pretty much how I run it. Perfect. So let's talk about your matches. Um, let's talk just your finals matches. There wasn't, a, there's what, there's only four of you that shot. So, right. So who did you face first and how did that go? I shot against, it was Douglas, I believe is his first name. I don't remember his last name. And he was a fairly new archer from that Arizona area. Um, I think he said he only was shooting for six months or so, um, barebow. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, we just chatted along. It was, you know, it was more of getting in the rhythm and getting comfortable in the shoot-off, or not the shoot-off, but in the matches kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then from there I went to, it was June, I think is his name. And uh, I won, I think, the first set. And then he got the second one. I was like, okay, I got to focus a little more here. <laughs> you know, I was having fun talking with everybody, you know, just, just having a good time, loosening up, basically. And, uh, yeah, and then it went to Maddie after that, I believe. And I was like, okay, I really got to, you know, because Maddie, man, he can he can throw some arrows. So, um yeah, I can't kind of remember. You ended up getting a couple points in there, didn't you, Maddie? I think, did we either? Yeah, I may have taken one set or we definitely tied one or something like that. I, Frank, yeah, can I, you see that? I don't, I don't yeah, recall. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it <clears throat> I either up right took now. a set or we tied a set. I was, I think maybe. I think you took one of the sets. I know, I'm trying to remember the whole thing. I think it probably went like, it may have gone like you took the first two sets and then I took a set and then you took the last set. It was mm -hmm. pretty, pretty good sweep for you. Cause I, yeah, cause I, I think that's what happened, Frank, maybe like he took two, I took one and then you took the third, which sealed it. Right. And I, you right. just shot 10, 10 and I saw your shadows. I couldn't see the arrows, but I could see his shadow. <laughs> there was like a 10 and I'm like, shit, cause he shot first. And I'm like, I should know better not to look over at a target. Yeah, and I, I was did, just thinking and that. I saw ten, and I think I flung like a. It was probably something bad, like a seven or something. I don't know. And then he shot another ten, and I was like, I saw the shadow sitting in there, and I'm like, ah! And I knew it was over. <laughs> so <laughs> forget it. To rehash your match, um, end number one, Chris shot twenty eight. 
Matt shot 26. And number two, um, Chris shot 26, Matt shot 24. Then at number three, uh, Matt shot 27, Chris shot 26. And then you shot a monster 29 in that last yeah. end to take the six to yeah. take the six yeah. point. So you won six to two, but you know, and well, you shot 28 in the first and 29 in the second. So that's like, that's some stellar stuff. And yeah. we've said that before, like people can hit hot streaks. And if you can hit a hot streak and stay on a hot streak, you're in for a good day in eliminations. That's, that's it. Is that was, what it is. You know, I was, I was expecting a slump through kind of every round because it, um, my shot process isn't muscle memory or anything anymore or still. So I have to think through every step of it, every shot. And, you know, sometimes you miss a step or you get, <laughs> lose a little focus or something like that. So yeah, I expect it to be kind of a roller coaster for a little while until it smooths out. Chris is yeah. a strong shooter. I, <laughs> I know, I know people know that, but Chris is a, a really strong, I shot against Chris. I beat, so Chris owed me this win, right? So I beat Chris this summer at one of the events and <clears throat> we were like just about tied. I think we were going into that final match. I was, I think maybe three points ahead of you. I, it was really close, whatever it was. And uh, I had not. So at the, the, the conclusion of that match, I had shot, five tens in a row it was only i think five arrow ends right and then you chris shot like a three tens and two nines it was something just absurd super tight but you just it was crazy and i haven't yeah i haven't shot an end like that since last year (laughs) so i kind of was fortunate i was lucky to to have to won that match and chris definitely uh deserved this one for sure he shot really really well that weekend two weekends ago yeah he's a great shooter don't <laughs> he's don't quiet sleep on him. Don't sleep yeah, on no, him. He's he's quiet. He's kind of shy, <laughs> but he's a killer. <laughs> yep. Don't don't sleep on Chris. Have you ever? So you, this will be your first year shooting nationals in Barbo, correct? Right. Yep, yep. Did I see that you have a team picked out? Yeah. You're, you're got, on a men's team. Who would your teammates be? Team going. We got Maddie, obviously, and uh, Robbie. Um, Weisinger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that guy and uh yeah had to had to think about it because i'd never shot a team round so yeah it's yeah. a stellar team they're not gonna <laughs> lie it's a stellar team but watch out see what ends up whose team grayson ends up on too uh yeah yeah, yeah. grayson's a shooting see- target nationals for the first time so that could that could be <clears throat> yeah Those i see two, john Denver has john the- and named our team the titanic because we're going down yeah that's what he said on my <laughs> facebook he said, yeah. he's got a big mouth and i see i think john lewis called him dumber john dumber or he mentioned him as dumber and i'm like new nickname all right uh, <laughs> oh my gosh oh chris you don't know what you're getting into yeah <laughs> uh, dude it's- I expect it to be pretty wild. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good time. It's and it, it's time. at it's in and so for everybody who is unsure or never has or whatever, Target Nationals is a good time. It's a great time, and it's in Malvern, PA, for this year and next year. So plan accordingly. Um, the last year or last two years, it was in Richmond, Virginia. Um, this is the first time, to my knowledge, that it's been in Pennsylvania. So um cindy bevilacqua is sort of the spearhead of the hosting it here in pennsylvania so check that out um i'm not sure i think actually it might be open registration right now i'm not sure for national yeah it's yeah. open up yeah it's it's open. Mm-hmm. so yeah. check that out everyone um and then let's look at this last match so i'm going to run through your ends you got end number one with Rick Stonebreaker. So you, Chris, got to take on Rick. Rick yeah. took that first end from you, 28-27. So you get, you know, yep. this, there's a sign of, oh, there's Rick. Rick's here. Well, I, I knew going into it, Rick was going to be a, a, a tough match. I, I just knew it was that I've seen him shoot before. I knew he can, he can crush it. So I was like, okay, here we go. Let's see what happens. So there's, and, you know, you had a, you have a little bit, well, let's just go, let's talk about end number two. So you 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 go down two set points to zero. Rick steps up, second end, twenty six Rick, twenty four Chris. 
you lost two in a row, you're down four to nil. Where does your brain go going into that third set? You know, it's, it's, it, I don't know. I go into my mind. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It, It's kind of, I go into it and I'm like, well, it's either going to go well or it's going to go, I'm going to be done. You know, it, I try not to get stuck in it or try and put added pressure on myself um, because that obviously never works. Um, Yeah. So I just, you know, go into it going, all right, let's just shoot three good arrows and however it ends up, that's how it ends up. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's it's a I wanna say it's like a fight or flight sort of. I'm staying in this to the end. It doesn't matter what happens. I don't care what my last end was, or you just give up. You know, yeah, you, just, exactly. like, you blow yeah. blowing off the target and you go crazy or whatever, it, it can happen. But then yeah. so so and it wasn't a stellar end, but you won no, that set. So you won the third one, 25, yeah. 24. You took a set point back. You're sitting at four to two. And then, so, so you're still alive. And then you go into the next set and then something happened because you shot a 29 Rick and Rick shot a stellar 27. So that's a good, that's a good three arrows for, right. for an elimination round. No question. You shot 29. So where were you then? Boom. You tied it up four, four. Yeah, I shot that six on that 24, and it kind of lit a fire under my butt. And I did, I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's get this solid here. And yeah, I shot a 29, you know. Uh, you know, ends like that where I shoot a bad arrow, it's kind of, like I said, it just kind of lights me up. And, you know, I end up a little stronger, a little, you know, more focused in the shot and going into the next end. So speak of that next end, it's the, so it's end number five, you guys are tied four, four, and it comes down to 26, 26. You guys tie, what happens next? Shoot off arrow, you know, it's. What did, now we weren't there and it doesn't, it won't tell me here. So what, what did you shoot? What did Rick shoot? It was. I think it was seven. I think it was seven nine. I think we both shot seven nine ten on that. So it's something like that. Uh huh. And the one arrow then. What was the one arrow? You had the, a one arrow shoot uh, off, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. One arrow shoot off. That was that was an interesting. <laughs> I think Rick was an eight, and there. you were a nine. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. yeah. Rick was eight. I was. Um, oh, for the shoot off arrow. That was a high 10 that I shot. And then um, Rick shot at eight, I think, high outright. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, I was stepping up on the line. I was kind of, I was, you know, obviously you're super nervous. It's one arrow to see whether you win this thing or lose it kind of thing, you know. Um, Yeah, so I was nervous and then i kind of glanced down at my watch to see what my heart rate was and it was (laughs) cranking pretty good and uh by the time i got set and hooked and ready to go up and draw i see rick walking off the line already i'm like oh crap did i waste that much time already i'm looking up at the clock i'm like no i'm still good um yeah i drew up and got anchored and everything locked into place and form felt strong and I was like, all right, let's just let this shot happen and don't screw it up. And about then it was gone. And yeah, it just don't felt like a good up. shot. That's good stuff, man. So you, you, that's an interesting thing. Um, before we, you know, <laughs> start, start to sidle out of this, this uh, recording, you said you, you looked at your watch uh, and I saw you have a, 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 an Apple watch there. You, you pay attention to your heart rate always, or just. No, it's I have a Garmin. Oh, okay, um, a Garmin watch. Okay, watch. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, but right, right, right. It's um, it's a new mental process in that I used to step up there and shoot off arrows and be nervous, be scared, and you know worried about you know other people watching me, stuff like that. And um, you know, I just had to change my mindset and sure now i kind of go into them still nervous but i'm more excited and 
period um to kind of understand what my body's doing and dealing with those emotions and those feelings and stuff of being in that situation so that way I can kind of learn from it and be better the next time it happens um but yeah I was just wondering if it's something that you you pay attention to all the time or if it's something that you've you've been looking at it's a good tool to think about though and to keep for people to realize you know what do you where does where do you need to have your brain because where your brain is will have an effect on how amped up you get you know Mm -hmm. you just stay focused on that one thing on that one thing you know whatever it is because everybody's got their thing you know some people are just they're in that mindset always you know some people really have to focus hard on other things to to keep them in the moment like matt you said about like looking at somebody else's target that's like a huge no-no like you can look at it you you can look at i shouldn't say that for some people it is some people you can look at it but you have to be able to look at it and forget about it like you can't sure you can't be stuck on it so i'm going to run through your match with marcus um maddie um so you know chris thanks for the rundown on that it's a nice discussion congratulations that one arrow shoot off i've had a few of those in my life and they're freaking annoying but whatever um so let's see here matt and marcus cooley and and marcus cooley is a a a, just a consistent name and men's senior barebow shout out to him he goes to everything to travel to everything his wife plays third and senior so like that's pretty awesome too for for az cup congratulations to them um maddie so first first set 26 26 tie game so you split your sets one one second set looks like you calm down a little bit 26 24 you took number two you're up three to one then marcus hit a little bit of a snag you shot a stellar 27 went up again what five to one at that point and then you guys came down tied you took one point would have put you at the, I guess, <laughs> six, two at, for, as a winner. So Correct. it's a good, strong showing for the, for a bronze medal match. And it has got to leave you with some good, solid confidence going into the next. Yeah. Next tournament. Yeah. I needed, I needed to get out there the, like I, I've, I've mentioned this to probably you and other people, the Arizona cup is the hardest uh, tournament for me to prepare for because we just don't have the weather like I don't have the weather on my side I don't have it I can't shoot I mean I just can't shoot we I can't get out to to actually practice um just because of the weather and so I all I I set up two bows to shoot prior to going out there and I I ended up shooting uh, my orange exceed which I knew was working and doing its job from last year I was like okay I'm just going to stick with that and I shot on, on Friday practice day. I, I shot really well with it. And I was like, I'm just going to stick with this. And that's exactly what I did. And I felt confident with that bow. I, there's a lot of, you know, your equipment, if you're confident with your equipment, it really helps your head and your heart, you know, like, you know, your equipment is working and doing its job. And I think that helps a ton. If you go in and you're not certain about your equipment, like you just don't know. I think that plays a little mental game with you. Like I know my equipment works the way it's supposed to. And if there's something downrange that went awry, it's on me. It's not on the equipment. So. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, congratulations once again. And thank you so much for all your help, uh, especially with the the coverage stuff and, you know, just keeping people, keeping people in the loop. I think, you know, you being an ambassador to the sport is the best you can in whatever you know your ability to to do it is you know taking pictures that's for everyone out there as you know as we sort of come to the end of this recording whether it's taking pictures sharing them promoting it acting professionally when you're at a tournament um you know and just (laughs) screaming barebo is fun and all and i get the enthusiasm but just be cognizant of when and with whom you're doing it because there's a these people that are at some of these usat like this is a serious thing this isn't you know local tournament this isn't etar this isn't you know we're we're we do want to try to present 
a level of professionalism, you know, and that's where doing the live feeds and talking to people, you know, and, and trying to develop those relationships with people like Christy, who had the first USAT, she had to, she was entertaining Barebell for the first time ever in the history of, of our sport, um, you know, and try to be, try to be that, putting that best foot forward. And it doesn't always work. Um, sometimes we get caught up in emotions. Sometimes we get caught up in being busy. I am 100% guilty of that because I got my hands in so many different things. Um, and, and you, you know, you make mistakes, you, you know, you, you, you make bad decisions and it's the same when we're shooting. Um, but try to just, just, just try, always try to think, you know, what I want, what I want that for me, if I was the one that was being affected by it, you know, shooting stuff like that. But anyway, I, I, so just to round it out, Chris, once again, congratulations on being the inaugural USAT <laughs> champ. Um, that's a yeah, thanks, that's a big title. What's your next? What's what's up next for you too, Chris? Where are you shooting next? I'm shooting a couple of 3D tournaments. Uh, one local, uh, Fresno Safari, and then um, 3D uh, Nationals, NFA 3D Nationals in Reading. I'll be shooting that. Awesome. Are you shooting any more USATs or no? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be shooting um, SoCal as well, uh, Buckeye and Nationals. So outstanding. We're going to see you, we'll see you at Nationals and Buckeye. Cool. Maddie, what yeah. about yourself? I'm not sure the order, but definitely SoCal. Um, so we're already registered for that. I'll be at SoCal. And then the 3D World, the 3D World uh, team trials. I'll be at that. And then... Um, and then probably just nationals. I, I really had big hopes to do more to do more traveling and competing this year, but I can't budget it. I mean, with no. airline, I can't. I'm trying to go to Trevor's uh, single string boot camp this next weekend, and I've been trying to get tickets for weeks now, and they're over a thousand dollars just to. Oh. I mean, just round trip tickets to oh. Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm like, holy smoke! So I, my budget only allows me so much. I'm not a wealthy man. I don't pretend to be. And I uh, just do what I can in terms of being able to get to the tournament. So, yeah, yeah, limited. Yeah, I think that's, and I also think under the current circumstances for that stuff, it's important to have all these USAT opportunities um, to help more people maybe be able to to put their their hat in the ring. You know, so yeah. definitely plan to go into Buckeye and, and and nationals, but that's probably about it. Well, Pennsylvania is chock full of national tournaments. We got. NFA field and stuff like that here too in Pennsylvania this year. So probably yeah. end up shooting that, but anyway. Yeah. All I right. Gents. Field nationals too. Sorry. Did we just cut you off? Oh, you are coming to NFA? No. Um, oh. Yeah. The USA archery. Field oh, nationals. USA archery. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. yeah that's uh that's the first one. I think that's in three weeks. Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. I have to try that at some point. I'm afraid of uh, unmarked distances right now. So <laughs> Well, shout out to, yeah, shout out to, uh, to Demer and the push, um, Demer's class and the, uh, the, the push pack, I think they call it the, or archery learning center, whatever the name is. Cause I know he goes over that in that, um, in that, that segment. So it's just something to, to think it. about. How, something. Yeah. I, I think it's like 75 bucks. I mean, you know, and obviously that supports John and all the information that he puts out there, but that he goes over like judging distance. And I, I was fortunate one, uh, one day I took Maggie that I coached and, and myself when we went to a course that was local to him, you know, and he, he showed us like the, the, the ropes on how to judge distance and um, like how you can use like your bow and your finger and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's something that, for me because i've only did it that one time i'd have to do it like again and again and again and again to it's it's relatively simple but you still have to do it to to for it to be fresh i guess um but it's you know it's it's definitely a cool tool that i was never taught wasn't a thing because i always shot mark distance nfa style hunter field rounds and so stuff like that but yeah, check that out. It, that would be a good tool. And for anybody else who listens to this and happens to be going to um, to that tournament, you have to judge distance and you're shooting unmarked field. Go check out that uh, that class on the push archery because it's it's definitely worthwhile. They're worthwhile watch. So, 
but anyways all right with that being said guys it's easter um i know there was it was kind of unsure when this was going to happen and, and monday just is too full for me um we talked i talked about it but we ended up doing this live recording now um so it's just it's so i'm all i got so much going on it's so hard sometimes <laughs> right. there's just coordinating like with multiple people like it i'm not gonna lie it wears on you a little bit i've been doing this for a long time now <laughs> and it, it wears on you I, it gets it gets stressful but oh, you know well, it is what it is i signed up for it so um <laughs> Anyways, guys, thanks so much for joining in um, and good me. job once again. And for everyone who's watching, you know, follow these guys. They're all over. Chris, are you on Instagram? Uh, yes. Uh, what's your what's your what's your handle on Instagram? I think it's Chris G83 is what it is. All right. All right. And Matt, we've probably given it before, but give it anyways. Where can they follow you at? It's just my name, Matt Yakko. Yeah, there's not many Matt Yakas around on Instagram. The only one. <laughs> the only one. So go follow, go follow these two because uh they put up great stuff. So all right, gentlemen, peace out. You guys have a Thank good you. night. Everyone else, yep. see ya.